0: If you have a Bible, and I hope you or somebody around you does that you can look on with, let me invite you to open with me to Mark chapter 10. Feel free to use table of contents if you need to, Mark chapter 10. And as you're turning, I want to welcome those of you in other locations across our city and others who are unable to be with us physically, who are online. Much like last week, I want to encourage you, if you don't have something to write with and write on to get something like that. I know here at Tyson's there are uh, writing utensils, pieces of paper across the room on communion tables. Um, Other locations have that at different places or as we've mentioned before, feel free to use a device as long as that device does not distract you at any point. So uh, I want you to be prepared to respond in a particular way later on, and that'll be helpful. We've gathered together to meet with God, to worship Him, to hear His Word, and to respond to Him, especially in light of how He's moving in a special way among us. We had another beautiful, sweet, powerful time in prayer for a few hours together on Friday night. Here at Tyson's from across our locations, praying for and with each other, God speaking clearly to us through his word in the mouths of everybody from kids to individuals with special needs. Those who were here on Friday night will not soon forget uh, Julia with Down syndrome, just speaking God's love over us in a powerful way, um, in ways that only god could have orchestrated during that time clearly orchestrated in ways that uh, yeah can only be explained by his hand and only be attributed to his glory and that's that's what we are praying for we want to see in our lives and in our church and in our city things that can only be explained by god's hand and only be attributed to god's glory so I want to encourage you to be a part of. So this next Friday night, we'll gather together. Again, the only difference is we're going to go on the road, at least for this next Friday night, and we're going to, instead of just uh, focusing on this location, everybody coming here, we're going to be at MoCo on Friday night. So MoCo will give a shout out to that. PW Loudon may not be shouting in the same way, but uh, hopefully it'll be a reminder to us just of the... Church family, we are across the city in different ways, so I know it's a little bit of an extra drive, but I want to encourage you. Friday night, 7.30 at Mocha, we'll gather together, and I'm going to put here on the screen as well, uh, so there's three things here. There's a QR code that makes it super easy if you want to just pull out your phone and click on the QR code. It goes to mcleanbible.org slash share, so you might be able to remember that better, or it could be as easy as texting share to 571. 571- 4509152. So these are three avenues that all lead you to the same place. As you see God by his spirit moving in different ways in your life, in your family, in our church, in our city during these days, share what you see God doing. That's what this outlet is for. And I want to encourage you to take it and give testimony to what God is doing. There's so many different stories of how God is working and how we're praying for God to work and move. And so let me encourage you to share as you see God moving. So that that QR code will take you there or mcleanbible.org slash share or text share to 571-450-9152. So we said a couple weeks ago when we were walking through uh, the Red Sea, Exodus chapter 14, that we're not going back And we're not holding back. And I just want to remind you what we've talked about. And not just talked about, but what God is doing among us, what we're doing. We're not holding back from, here's the way I would describe it, word-driven. We want everything we're doing to be driven by God's word and spirit-directed. We do not want to settle for natural religious motion. We want the Spirit of God to move supernaturally among us, in us, through us. We want to follow the leadership of His Spirit through word driven, spirit directed confession of sin and our need for God, which is something that, according to the Bible, we continually do. But let's be clear it's not that we keep confessing sin for which we've already been forgiven. Once we confess sin before God, we know we have forgiveness through faith in Jesus. So we don't have to keep coming back to past sin and confessing it. At the same time, as we draw closer to God, the more we will see sin in our lives that maybe we didn't see before. It's interesting, when you look at the life of the Apostle Paul, so just look at this progression. 1 Corinthians 15, 9, he wrote... I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. Then, about 4 or 5 years later, he wrote Ephesians chapter 3 verse 8. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given. And then, a couple years after that, he wrote in 1 Timothy 1:15, 1, The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the foremost. So do you see the progression? He went from calling himself the least of all the apostles to the very least of all the saints, all Christians, to the foremost sinner in the world. You see how the closer Paul came to God the clearer Paul saw his sin. So don't think, okay, well, we had confession last week. I don't need to do confession this week before God. Examine your heart all the more. One, from this last week. And two, in deeper and deeper ways than you have before. It's one of the things I see God doing among us. God bringing people to a Deeper awareness of sin in our lives and hatred for sin in our lives, seeing our sin more like God sees it in ways that cause us to call out for His grace and His mercy in our lives. And confession, and then through word driven, spirit directed intercession, we're not holding back from praying with each other, for each other, crying out for God's help in our lives each other's lives in all kinds of ways, physically, emotionally, mentally, relationally, amidst trials, temptations, and not just for each other. We want to stand in the gap and intercede for our friends and neighbors and our city and our nation and the nations. We actually believe prayer matters. We believe that when we pray, God acts according to what we pray. And we read this not long ago in our church's Bible reading, Exodus 8.31, the Lord did as Moses asked. What a statement. If God gave you what you were asking for, what would you have? If God gave us what we were asking for, our city, what would we have? If God gave us what we're asking for others or for the nations, what would we have? We believe that when we ask, God acts. We're going to see this all the more in our Bible reading this week in Exodus 32, which by the way, I often mention our church's Bible reading. You can go to mcleanbible.org slash Bible reading, download our Bible reading plan there and jump in with us. Start this week as we hear from God together each day. It's so good to To talk with people in the church and be like, did you see that this morning, what God is saying to us as a church? So I encourage you to follow along with that. Let's not hold back from word-driven, spirit-directed confession, intercession, obedience that flows from that. We want our lives to be different as a result of this gathering today. We would not look the same when we leave as we are right now. And from these gatherings... Friday nights, we want our our lives and our church to have the aroma of the fruit of the Spirit, love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. There's Spirit-directed, Word-driven obedience in our lives that leads to proclamation in the power of God's Spirit. One of the effects of I see of what God's doing among us is people more bold in telling others who God is, what God has done, what God is doing. So yes, share the gospel all the more. Invite your friends to come. Some of you may have come today because someone invited you. We are so glad you're here. We want you to see who God is, what God has done, what God is doing right now, even in your life proclamation of who God is as we worship God in spirit and truth, I've been so encouraged just seeing the Holy Spirit, the way I would describe him as just the divine maestro, orchestrating our gatherings in ways that can only be explained by his hand and only be attributed to his glory. We want to worship in spirit and truth in ways that can't be manufactured by man. So we want to plan wisely, but we also want to be sensitive to the leadership of his spirit as a word-driven, spirit-directed family. So this is not about just each of us individually experiencing God more and more and more. Yes, yes, I want that. I want that for each one of you individually, but us together as a family from different nations and backgrounds with different Stories and experiences. We are brothers and sisters. We're sons and daughters of God, our Heavenly Father. I was traveling this last week and I get home and I, words can't describe what it feels like to see that one year old little girl reach out her arms to me, ready to be held by me. Like that's what we're saying. We're saying, as sons and daughters of God, you're our Heavenly Father. We want more and more and more of you. We're coming together to say that. So all this, we're not going to hold back from. And I'm loving how God has set up our journey through the book of Mark to intersect with what he's doing in our midst. You think about last week, the rich young man who's holding back from following Jesus, holding on to the things of this world. We look at that text in a way that led us across our gatherings to say, what do you need to let go of? people start confessing things, letting go of things, and holding on to Jesus, people coming to Jesus for the first time, coming back to Jesus last week and I am confident that God's word is going to speak just as clear today. So I want to show you this next text in God's word and then give us space to respond to it. This is not just a, a show to watch, this is a gathering before God to participate in. You're not the audience. He's the audience. And we're all gathered to experience, see, know him more. So we just pray, God, we want to hear from you. So, help us, we pray. Pray for just a spirit of humility across this room and in all the locations where we're gathered right now. You'd open our eyes to see things we can only see with the help of your spirit. And you'd help us to respond a few minutes from now, however you lead us no matter what that means for our lives. Direct, orchestrate these next few minutes by your spirit, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, let's hear straight from God's word. Mark chapter 10, verses 32 through 45. And they were on the road, the Bible says, going up to Jerusalem. And Jesus was walking ahead of them, and they were amazed, and those who followed were afraid. And telling, taking the 12 again, talking about the disciples, he began to tell them what was to happen to him, saying, See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man, to a reference to himself, will be delivered over to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him over to the Gentiles. They will mock him and spit on him and flog him and kill him, and after three days he will rise. And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came up to Jesus and said to him, "'Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you.' And Jesus said to them, "'What do you want me to do for you?' And they said to him, "'Grant us to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left, in your glory.' Jesus said to them, "'You do not know what you're asking.' Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or to be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? They said to him, We are able. And Jesus said to them, The cup that I drink, you will drink. And with the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. And when the ten heard it, they began to be indignant at James and John. And Jesus called to them and said to them, Oh, there's so much here. So how to summarize it? Well, this last verse, we've, we've looked at before. We actually looked at it during Christmas, if you were here, when we were walking through Philippians chapter 2, verse 7, about how Jesus, God in the flesh, took on the nature of a servant, of a slave, being made in human likeness. As I was studying this passage this week, I just thought, It is no coincidence that we're back in this passage right now because of how it intersects with what God is doing among us and saying to us during these days. So I want to use first and second person pronouns in terms of God speaking to you right where you are sitting right now. What is God saying through this word by his spirit to you? And I'd encourage you to write them down, three things. One, God is clearly saying, I want to serve you. God is saying right now to you right where you are sitting, I want to serve you. And this is the startling truth of Christianity. That Jesus, God in the flesh, so follow this, the creator of all things, the ruler of the entire universe, wants to serve you. Like, it almost sounds blasphemous to say, except for God's the one who says it. He says, This is why I came. The reason I came was not ultimately to be served by you but to serve you. If you remember the word for serve here literally means to wait on you like a waiter serving you at a table at a restaurant. Jesus says, "I'm coming to you and saying, how can I help you? What can I get you? I am your servant." Now, obviously, this doesn't mean that God is some genie who is ready to grant our every wish. That's clear when it comes to the request of the disciples in this passage. It also doesn't mean we're at the center of the universe. And it certainly doesn't mean we have authority over God and he must do whatever we tell him to do. He's God. <laughs> He has all authority in all the universe. He is at the center of the universe. And that's the point. The one who has all authority at the center of all the universe became a man, came to us. Why? To serve us. To help us. Not to say, here's all the things you need to do in order to get to Me, He came to say, I came in pursuit of you. This is totally different than every other religion in the world. This is God pursuing you right where you are in your seat right now. The one with all authority wants to serve you. And as we gather to pray and confess and worship, that's what we're doing. We're humbling ourselves and we're saying, We need your help, God. Yes. Right? Is this not what we're saying together during these weeks? We need you to serve us in our lives, in our families, in our church. Our city needs you. Our country needs you to serve us. We need you to, the nations need you to help us. This is the heart of prayer. Remember, we've talked about this before. Write it down again. To be prayerless is to be prideful. If you are not praying desperately for God's help in your life, it is a sure sign that your life is full of pride if we as the church are not praying desperately before God, as a church, then it is a sure sign we are full of pride before God. Either you have or we have convinced ourselves we can do this on our own. We don't need His help. The reason so many of us are so busy and have so little time for prayer is because we've convinced ourselves with more and more of our work, we can do it ourselves. And meanwhile, the God of the universe is saying, you can't. And he's saying, I am here to help you. So seek me. Call upon me for help. I want to serve you. And I look out across this gathering today In this room and other locations, we have so many needs in our lives. And God is saying to us right now, I want to serve you. If only you will seek me. That's what we're doing today. It's why we gathered today. It's why we're gathering on Friday nights. Because we need and we want God to help us. And he is doing it. He is faithful to help. You need God to serve you. And you may think, no, I I don't. I do it on my own. Your very breath comes from God. Even if you hate God, your life comes from the very one you hate. The proper place for creatures before the Creator is on our knees. Saying, we need you. And praise God, our creator, who wants to help us. He's saying right now, I want to help you be all that I've created you to be. I want you to experience all that I've created you to experience. I want to serve you. Second, God is saying very clearly in this text, I want to make you great by making you a servant of others in a way that's very different than the world thinks. So the context in this chapter is pretty clear. His disciples are arguing over who's the greatest because that's how the world works. Who has the power, who has the authority over others to exercise, to lord over others. Jesus says, it shall not be so among you, Who Ever would be great among you must be your servant. See it. Jesus is calling his disciples then and you and me right now to greatness. To a kind of greatness that is totally different from the way this world defines greatness. God is calling you and me to greatness by serving others. and One of the evidences of the spirit of Jesus moving in power among us will be more and more selfless service to others. I want to encourage you right now to consider what this looks like in your life. Let's do this. Let's just picture the people you and I will interact with this week. Just think about who are the people you will interact with in your home where you live. Just picture their faces right now. Then picture the people you'll interact with where you work. Or students where you go to school. And then kind of broaden out people you will exercise with, the people you'll be at a, this event or that event with. Just picture the people as best as you can, who you're going to interact with this week. And now with all those faces in your mind, stop and see yourself as their servant. People in your home, workplace, school, the city, You're the servant this week. That changes how you live, doesn't it? That changes the way life looks in your home when you're the servant of the others who are there. This changes the way you interact at work when you're like, okay, I'm here to serve all these people. In this city, I'm here to serve. This changes the way you've, you've church, right? And we don't come to church not in the spirit of God saying, what can I get out of this and stop there? Yes, we want to we grow in relationship with God, but surely the spirit of Jesus compels us to say, what can I give here today? How can I serve others? May God, by his spirit, even right now, call hearts to serve The next generation, our kids, Kids Quest, The Rock, it's going on right now at different locations. Who's God calling to serve the next generation or access individuals with special needs? Or church groups, our church groups are busting at the seams. One of our greatest needs as a church is church group leaders. Who is God calling to step up and serve? Just say to God, how do you want me to serve in the church and see where he leads? But don't not ask that question. Pastor Todd was, from out of PW, was sick this week. He texted me when I sent out some notes for today saying, God used this passage, he, his words, God used this passage like a lightning strike in my soul when I was 16 years old to put a stake in the ground and be a servant. And I would just say, and I and anybody who knows Pastor Todd knows, that has been played out in his life in all kinds of ways. Even down to prayer gathering, one Friday night, somebody had gotten sick and it was Pastor Todd, among others, with gloves on, helping clean up that picture, a servant. He went on to say, I wanna encourage you to speak to the senior saints and tell them we need them in all these ways. So from Pastor Todd, from me, most importantly from God, to 16-year-olds and senior saints and everywhere in between. Be great by serving. And don't miss the connection here between Jesus serving us and us serving others. It's why I phrase this this way. I want to make you great by making you a servant, that's what God is saying, making you a servant of others. Because it's sometimes hard to serve others, right? I'm guessing there are people in your life who it's hard for you to serve who may even seem undeserving. But this is where, yet again, we need Jesus to serve us, to help us serve the hard to serve or undeserving in a way that's not natural to us, in a way that comes from him, realizing he serves us And we are hard to serve and undeserving. God serves us even though we rebel against him. Which leads to the last thing God's saying to us right now in this text. And it is so clear and so stunning. God is saying, I want to set you free from slavery to sin. And yourself. Did you see it? Jesus says, I came not to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom. That's a good word. It refers to a payment to release someone from slavery. So why would Jesus use that word here? Well, the picture in the Bible is clear. We actually read it yesterday in our church's Bible reading. John chapter 8, verse 34, Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a what? Is a slave to sin. Is there anybody who sins? Is there anybody who sins here? Yes, that's all of us. Does things our own way instead of God's way. Everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. In and of ourselves, that's who we are. It's like we can't help it. We're all prone to sin and many ways, it looks different in our lives. We're prone to all sorts of idolatry and immorality, impurity, impure thoughts, impure motives, words, actions. We're prone to addictions. We're prone to anger. We're prone to pride. We're prone to worry. We're prone to not trust in God. One of the most powerful moments in our gathering this last Friday night was when I asked people to stand who are struggling to trust God with something in their lives right now. And I was standing in that time, and most of the room was standing. As we just said, we're prone to not trust in God, to trust in ourselves more than God. So this we're slaves to sin and of ourselves. but here's the good news of Mark 10:45. Jesus came to change that. Jesus came to set us free from slavery to sin and trust in ourselves by being a ransom for us, which takes us all the way back to the beginning of this passage, where Jesus says, yet again to His disciples, "I'm headed to a cross. It's what's waiting in Jerusalem? When I get there, I'm going to be mocked and spit upon and flogged and killed. Jesus is going to die. He's going to experience the ultimate punishment for sin, death, even though he had no sin in him. Why? Because Jesus came to pay the price for your sin and my sin, and not just to die. What does the Bible say in verse 34 here? And after three days, he will rise. Yes, Jesus came not just to pay the price for sin by dying. Jesus came to conquer sin by rising from the dead. So that you and I can not only be saved from the penalty of sin, death, but we can be saved from the power of sin in our lives. This is straight from God, Romans 8. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. Do you realize what this means? For all who are in Christ, you are no longer a slave to sin. You are not a slave to anger, you're not a slave to pride. You're not a slave to worry, to lust, to impurity. You're not a slave to selfishness, to just keep going. You are not defeat, defeated. You are delivered. There's a huge difference. And so many professing Christians are living like you're defeated. It's not who you are. You're delivered. 1 John 4, 4. He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. So the next time Satan comes to you and says, you just can't overcome this sin or that temptation, you just say what we read in John eight thirty six yesterday, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. You are free. Jesus wants to set you free from slavery to sin. So... Jesus is saying these things to us, if God is speaking these things over us, then how are we going to respond? And here in this room and other locations, I and other pastors want to lead us, not just to hear this word, but to respond to what it says. God is saying, I want to serve you. So how do we need God to serve us today? God's saying, I want to set you free from slavery to sin. How do we need to be set free today from slavery to sin? And God's saying, I want to make you great by serving others. So what is that going to look like in our lives this week? So let me start, much like last week, but I'm going to put on the screen a question, and I want to give you a moment to reflect on it, just between you and God. And then I'll lead us here at Tyson's, and other pastors will lead us to different locations. But here's the question we're going to start with. How do you need God to serve you right now? I want to give you a couple minutes to think about it, and if you would be willing, maybe to write out, how would you answer that question? Like, write out a prayer of, God, I need this. I need, just fill in the blank. I, I mentioned earlier, those of you who may be visiting or maybe exploring Christianity, or all this is kind of new and you're not, maybe even yet sure what you think about God, or maybe you've lived your life not believing in God. Again, we're so glad you're here. You're welcome here all the time. I would ask you to think during this time, imagine for a moment, just imagine that there is an all-powerful, all-good, just, loving, merciful God who has made you and who loves you. If that were true, just imagine for a minute that were true. How do you think you would want him to serve you? Just think through that. Spend a couple minutes just responding to this question. And we're going to let that lead us into prayer and to asking for God's help all together. So, God, lead this time, we pray. We just pray for your spirit's direction as we reflect right now. On your words that you came to serve us. Help us to humble ourselves before you as we consider how we need you to serve us right now.